Our gospel for today is from Matthew, the 14th chapter. Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead to the other side of the Sea of Galilee while he dismissed the crowds. After he had dismissed the crowds, he went up the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone, but by this time the boat, battered by the waves, was far from the land, for the wind and uh, the wind was against them. And early in the morning, Jesus came walking toward them on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified, saying, It is a ghost! And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them and said, Take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, Come. So Peter got out of the boat, started walking on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he noticed the strong wind, he became frightened and began to sink. And he said, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and caught him, saying to him, You of little faith, why did you doubt? When they got into the boat, the wind ceased, and those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly you are the Son of God. This is the Gospel of the Lord. You may be seated. Grace to you and peace from God, our Creator, and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Does this ring a bell to you? You're running late, and you're ready to walk out the door, but you can't find your keys. You're frantically looking all over the house, and eventually you find them, but in a very random place, like the refrigerator. Or you're looking all over for your glasses. You're ready to give up when someone else tells you they're on your head. Or you need something that is usually found in a certain place, your phone, your wallet, a pen. But when you go to that place where you thought you left it, you can't find it. Again, you search frantically all over the house and are getting more and more frustrated and worried. But then someone offers to help you look and they end up finding it right where it was supposed to be. You had just overlooked it. Although I have to say, I do wonder if there are mischievous elves that like to play tricks on people when they're not looking, like moving your phone from one place to another. You know, the same elves that steal one sock out of the dryer so that you can never find your matching socks again. Anyway, this kind of stuff happens to me all the time. I'm guessing these things have happened to at least some of you as well. In life, I sometimes feel like I spend a lot of time looking for things, searching for things, either physical things like my keys or my phone, or abstract things like answers to problems or some sort of sign that I should do something or not. But oftentimes, I get so focused on the problem or worry about a situation that I forget to stop, look, and listen to the people around me, to God, and find that the answer, or at least God's presence in a tough situation, has actually been there the whole time. I just didn't notice. People often wonder and ask me about how I hear and see God. How do we recognize God in the midst of the craziness, the storms of life, so to speak? As Pastor Zach Herzog mentioned in his sermon a couple weeks ago, how do we find God in the horrible places where we think God can't possibly exist? I think our texts for today help us answer these questions. In our first reading from 1 Kings, 
we hear one of my favorite stories from the Old Testament. But first, to give you a little context, Elijah has just defeated 450 prophets of Baal on Mount Carmel in a really amazing and miraculous way. There is this duel between Baal and the God of Israel in which the prophets of Baal and Elijah each build an altar to their God, place a sacrifice on the altar, but instead of lighting it, each side is supposed to call on their God to light it for them. And that way, that God, whoever can do this, will be proven as the true God, the God of power and might. The prophets of Baal call on Baal all day long. Elijah even taunts them, well, maybe your God is just sleeping. Just yell a little bit louder. But their God does not send down a fire to light the sacrifice. Then when it's Elijah's turn, he not only builds an altar with a sacrifice on it, but he ups the stakes by building a trench around it and soaking the sacrifice, the altar, and filling the trench with 12 buckets of water. Then he calls on the God of Israel just once, and God burns everything, including the altar, to the ground, and the trench is bone dry. What an amazing miracle that would have been to witness. However, the people who then believed in the God of Israel killed every last prophet of Baal under the command of Elijah, which would not have been fun to witness. Of course, this made King Ahab and Queen Jezebel furious, and they ordered that Elijah should be caught and killed. Afraid for his life, Elijah runs into the wilderness and falls into a deep depression where he asks God to end his life. He feels alone and isolated. He feels like he is the only faithful follower of God left in Israel, which is not true, but depression can make you feel that way. God values life. We know this. And so instead, God leads Elijah to Mount Horeb, the same mountain where Moses received the Ten Commandments. And there, God tells Elijah that the Lord will pass by. First, as I mentioned in the children's sermon, there is a great wind that was so strong it split the rocks. This is followed by an earthquake and then a fire. These are all traditional signs of God's power and presence, ones that were commonly known in the ancient world across different religions. Ones which God actually did for the people in Israel as they wandered in the wilderness after their exodus. But in this story, God is not in the strong wind or the earthquake or the fire. No, God is in the sheer silence or a gentle whisper, a still small voice, as some translations say. This is something that's unheard of in the ancient world. Something that is unparalleled by other stories from other religions at that time because God is doing something new and different. Instead of God showing God's presence through power and destruction, God will be with God's people in the midst of the destruction and pain, in the midst of the storms of life, and in the aftermath of the destruction, where and when people are frantically looking for answers and solutions, asking, why has God done this? Why has God abandoned me? This story is one that shows that God does not purposely cause harm to people or punish people with natural disasters. No, God is the one who is with us and supports us in the midst of those times and places, in the still small voices and whispers that encourage us to keep going, to not give up hope. 
Our gospel lesson echoes this as well in another famous story of Jesus where Jesus walks on water. Unlike last Sunday's reading where Jesus intends to go away by himself and then ends up having compassion on the people and so helps them and ends up performing the great miracle, right, of feeding the 5,000 plus people, this time Jesus makes sure to put boundaries on his alone time and makes sure he's not disturbed by making the disciples get into a boat and cross the sea without him. On a personal note, that I, f- I find it's hard to put boundaries around time for myself. More often, I try to take time for myself, take my full days off, but I'm more like Jesus from last week's story, where something happens that draws me out of my me time and makes me think, well, this is more important than me time for myself. I can always have me time later. Of course, this later almost never happens. But if Jesus thought it was important, perhaps we should make this a priority in our lives too. Perhaps our hectic lives, lives that cause us to always be frantically looking for things and overlooking something that's right in front of us, would slow down if we took more time for ourselves. That's definitely something I need to work on. Going back to our story, the disciples are in a boat trying to cross the Sea of Galilee, and a mighty wind and a storm are working against them. So they weren't able to make it across, even though they worked hard and paddled through the night. In the early morning, Jesus came to them walking upon the water. Notice again that God is not in the storm or causing the storm, but it is, he is the one who is calmly walking towards them in the midst of the storm. And as anyone would be, the disciples are terrified upon Jesus walking to them on water and seeing this sight. But Jesus calls out, take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. Or, take heart, I am here. I am referencing the name of God in the Old Testament. Upon hearing this, Peter wants Jesus to prove that it is him by allowing Peter to walk on the water towards Jesus. So Jesus invites him, saying, come. Peter is actually able to do it for a couple of minutes, but then the fear of the strong wind and the large waves grips him, causing him to sink. And so he cries out, Lord, save me. And Jesus is right there to immediately grab Peter by the hand and rescue him. And then Jesus asks, oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? This is often seen as a rebuke of Jesus toward Peter, especially in the other gospels where Jesus says, do you have no faith? But I think Jesus allowed this to happen and said this because it shows that we all need help even to have faith in the first place. It is only because of God's help that we are able to believe in God at all. That is why it's so hard sometimes to find God in the midst of the storms of our lives. We, like Peter, get distracted and overwhelmed by the strong wind and the large waves. We see the horror and destruction around us. We see injustice being done, wars, abuse, death, sickness, starvation, homelessness. And it's easy for us to lose faith and not see that Jesus is still there, still with us, even if we can't seem to find him. But if our scriptures for today tell us anything, it is that God is always there and is always with us. God is not the cause of our grief and our pain. God does not test us with difficult circumstances. 
Instead, God is in the quiet whispers, the sheer silences, the hand of someone reaching out to grab you when you start to sink, to help you find what you're looking for, even in the toughest storms of life. God is with us now and forever. Amen.